Hello, and welcome to Phoenix Talks, where we get academics and cinephiles to chat with us about past, current, and upcoming films. My name is Becky Jones, and here today we have Ellen Wright, a lecturer in cinema and television history at Montfort University, to talk to us about Atomic Blonde and Charlize Theron's empowering film choices. So... Charlize Theron's a particularly interesting star, um, star of Atomic Blonde, the uh, current uh, noirish uh, action double agent thriller. Uh, I find her a particularly interesting uh, actress, uh, South African uh, in extraction. And there's all sorts of interesting things going on there with her star persona and the way that that carries through into um, her performance and the way that she's marketed within the film as well in a really sort of interesting way um so there's an awful lot made of the fact that the film is this action film directed by the guy who directed john wick the fact that this guy had been or is still a stuntman and he's inured within that and so the standard is set very high with the action in this film you know he's really got to deliver on this stuff because people anticipate he's going to be you know, sort of able to really pull this stuff off. And Theron really steps up to the mark with that. Um, So uh, doing an awful lot of her own stunts, uh, not all of them, but an awful lot of them. There's a lot made in the promotion for the film around the fact that she injured herself. If you actually dig around a bit, though, it turns out it's not so much you know sort of the, the fact that she's necessarily been throwing herself around that much that that's why she's got an injury by all accounts she's been clenching that hard whilst uh doing particular things that she's actually done damage to her teeth and she had previous damage to her teeth so um that's maybe a slight exaggeration there um but still she's got a history of injuring herself she very very badly injured herself previously the eon flux i think the film was that she was in where she, she damaged her back really badly so she's clearly really sort of renowned for throwing herself into roles sort of physically as well as sort of um metaphorically i know that sort of she talks about her processes as an actress and the way that she throws herself into a character and she really likes to immerse herself and clearly that sort of action that you know that she's you know sort of performing for this film is, is all part of that process there's um, she brings up herself in discussions with fans and in discussions on television and radio and what have you. This idea that, well, she's over forty now, so you know, in any t- you know any time now, she's going to be classed as over the hill within this sort of misogynist industry. Um, so she sort of um, quite sarcastically says, you know, well, I'm just trying to get one last good action role in, you know. Um, so by all accounts the film itself she came to the film and she's got her own production company um, she came to the film she saw the you know, she, sorry she came to the graphic novel she saw that she thought that was really interested and from there this sort of you know, this film was was developed and she's sort of very involved in those processes and what have you and yeah that sort of idea of she want she's you know, sort of seeing in interviews this expression of almost frustration with the industry that she's not getting the roles that she wants that actually she's maybe casting very specific sorts of role because she's you know the blonde haired blue eyed you know sort of you know conventionally attractive lady 
um, and that she's maybe frustrated by those roles sometimes so she wants to do something different so sure enough you know she picks this um, Lorraine Broughton character and she does some really interesting stuff with that and I mean, the, the, you say that you've seen the, the film yourself um, so within the, the film you know you look at the, the action sequences and there's a lot of this sort of available on the internet you can sort of so you can watch this stuff over and over again there's some really quite spectacularly violent scenes in there um, and some really gruelling work that she's doing there as well you just think you know man or woman that doesn't matter that stuff's hardcore you know there's a particular se sequence that you watch where it's just one long shot you just think Jeez Louise, how long did that take for you to get that right? You know, to absolutely nail that. And imagining how physically punishing that must be to do that as well. So, you know, she's really stepping up in terms of, you know, sort of embodying this real sort of badass female role. You know, she's this sort of MI6 agent. And she talks as well about this idea of fighting like a girl or fighting like a woman that I find particularly interesting as well. And maybe within popular discourse you think of that as a, as a negative you know he fights like a girl you know it's sort of an insult isn't it but what she talks about here is the idea of um being realistic realistic within her performance and that's something she returns to over and over again throughout her her career you know thinking about her performance of Eileen Warnos in Monster that physical transformation that she enacts there to become this character you know that particular character um, so yeah, this realism is clearly really important to her. And yeah, you know, sort of that idea of fighting like a girl, she says, you know, well, I wanted people to watch me and see that there was a realism in the way that I behave, that, that she's, you know, she's not a superhero. She's absolutely not a superhero. That's not her job. She's a spy. And there are various points within the film where she's placed within peril and that peril seems very real. You know, she's, you know, she's fighting against men who are sometimes much, much bigger than her, who are more tooled up than her, and you just think, oh, there's two of them and there's one of her, how's she going to cope, you know? But she says she fights like a girl because she's using tools, things that she can get her hands on. So rather than having a really powerful punch, like, you know, you, like your superheroes in, you know, sort of Marvel films or whatever, DC films, you know, sort of these ridiculously powerful punches, you know, she's, I've seen her in interviews where she says, you know, have you ever actually punched someone? It really hurts, you know. So, um, you know, she's sort of saying, I can't do that. I could maybe in one scene have one punch where I get it in, but then I'm going to then have a debilitated hand because I've injured my hand. So, you know, working about out how she's picking stuff up off the side and she's pulling bits and pieces and she's, you know, snaffling various bits to be able to tool herself up. And the way she does that within those sequences is really really interesting uh, certainly um yeah yeah i think she's a really sort of interesting role i mean the other thing that really interests me about her is that sort of discourse around the film and discourse around whether she's up to the role and universally it seems to be understood that she is uh, you know and and graphic novels fans can be quite a hard bunch to please understandably so you know so you've got chris hemsworth and there seems to be some sort of um you know, real sort of respect for between Theron and Hemsworth. And Hemsworth talking about, you know, obviously we're looking for a new James Bond, you know, sort of in, in the future. You know, we've sort of got, you know, uh, another James Bond film, 
is it Daniel Craig, isn't it? He's doing one last role, but he's really given it up after that. He's had enough. Um, you know, so there's all this speculation about who's going to be the next James Bond and Chris, Chris Hemsworth stepping in and saying, Charlize Theron, we need a female James Bond. And that's really interesting. And that's great that he's sort of flagging that up and putting a woman forward for the role. So she's already said, you know, thank you very much for backing me up. That's great. Thanks for showing faith in my ability. However... Um, what I'd actually quite like is for there to be, you know, there's, there's space for, for more spies out there. There's not just James Bond. Um, and actually, you know, I'd like, you know, sort of Lorraine to be an ongoing figure. You know, I'd like her to continue, in, you know, in sort of popular culture. And the, I mean, the graphic novel itself is a three-parter. So, you know, the, this, there is certainly scope for this to run and run as a franchise, potentially, and that's kind of the way that things seem to be going within the film industry at the moment. It's that whole idea of sort of tentpole films and that sort of thing, you know. Uh, we're always looking for an ongoing narrative, you know, with the Marvel films and whatever else, James Bond, you know, whatever. Um, this is really the way things, you know, sort of that's how you get success now, it would seem to appear. Um, yeah, so I think that's really interesting that she's sort of, that that's been sort of suggested and that she's sort of commented on that as well. That's great. I think really um, the other thing that sort of really strikes me about her is the idea, I mean, the thing that she makes, me, that particularly in this film, but also thinking of films like which, uh, in um, the Mad Max film, and that sort of Furiosa character that she plays, is real badass women they're you know they're proper kick-ass they can really handle themselves there are impediments in their way and they work to solve you know the problem that's in front of them and then they can just keep on going and keep on going and i think that's great really interesting role models certainly um but particularly the atomic blonde character and how active she is in that and that whole doing her own stunts just makes me think entirely of to be honest very very early cinema and early serial actresses. So people like Pearl White, throwing themselves off of trains and doing, you know, ridiculous, stupid, really, really dangerous stunts. You know, and we've sort of had this fallow period whereby, you know, there might be a couple of women doing bits and pieces, but, you know, generally stars are too expensive to go throwing them off trains and, you know, and that sort of thing, you know. So we've generally had a period where, um, as well, if you are a badass character, are a badass female if you are a femme fatale you know you all those sorts of ideas you must be punished you must be contained you must be killed whatever so if you're going to try and eat this out as a, a franchise how does this work so you get all of a sudden you've got this badass woman she's not being punished that's brilliant you know that's really really interesting and i do think she sort of sits really nicely within uh, like a tradition like i say of very very active women doing some very very interesting stuff uh, within the you know the action genre certainly um, yeah uh, she really really impresses me <laughs> a big thanks to Ellen for speaking to me today Atomic Blonde will be at Phoenix Cinema Leicester from the 1st of September through the 7th and stars Charlize Theron James McAvoy Toby Jones and John Goodman our thanks to co-producer Peter Simcoti and song credit to Badly Stuffed Animals for their song Vanilla Ice Cream Hope you tune in next time for more talks on films, filmmaking, and events happening around Phoenix Cinema Leicester. Until then, happy watching. <laughs>